0: Welcome to another edition of the Work Life Hub podcast. To find out more and to listen to other episodes, please go to www.worklifehub.eu.
1: Welcome to the listeners of the Work Life Hub podcast. And I'm very excited because this uh, episode we're joined by Josh Leves. Um, he's a journalist, an investigative reporter. He worked for a number of years at CNN. And, and he came also to the media uh, f- for when he requested um, paternity leave uh, equal to maternity leave. And I will ask him in a bit about that as well. And we're mainly here because we would like to talk to Josh about his 2015 book, All In!, how a workforce culture fails dads, families, and businesses, and how we can fix it together. Welcome, Josh, to the Work Life Hub podcast.
0: Thank you for having me, and thank you for, for helping lead the way on these issues.
1: So we will be primarily talking about this book, and one of our favorite podcast guests, um, Bridget Schulte, who wrote her book, Overwhelmed, gave raving reviews about your book. She writes, it's a must-read Um all in crushes outdated yet powerful stereotypes and with fresh voices, insightful research and a passionate call to action offers a more expansive, more hopeful and ultimately more human vision of what it means to be a good man. Now, I think that's a great <laughs> review there from from Bridget. Um and I think what is so important is, is that a lot of the times these issues are characterized as mommy's issues and, mm-hmm. and women's issues and kind of cast aside. And yet you have taken a lot of very bold steps in the direction of representing men, mm-hmm. um, not only in your book, I have to say, it's, it's not only about fathers, it's about men and women and families and non-traditional and modern families. But can you just share with us how how did this all happen?
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, And you're right, by the way, it's often cast as a women's issue, but it's not. It's a family issue. And many, many modern dads are are part of the fight as well. So um, how it happened, here? here's the background. I was... Covering fatherhood on uh, CNN. I was doing stories and columns about it And the more I did the more responses I got and <laughs> it turned out that no one else was really doing this in mainstream media Bringing the voices of real fathers of this era to to the media who uh, These men who are not stereotypes and, and are not what we used to think of in in TV and movies uh, But real modern dads. so I was covering them and then There was the big switcheroo, because suddenly they were covering me. I I found myself in the news as a father, and here's why. Um, When my wife was pregnant with our third child, which is our our daughter, we had two boys already, uh, we looked at things going on in our life, and we realized that it would make the most sense for me to be home after my daughter was born. And to yeah. us, just like many families, to us, that's a perfectly legitimate decision that any couple can make. Um, unfortunately, especially in the United States, businesses have not caught up with that idea. So um, CNN, is, uh, CNN is owned by Time Warner. Um, and there was a very strange policy. The policy established that anyone at all could get 10 paid weeks, um, any new parent, after having a child, except a biological father like me. So hmm. if we had put my daughter up for adoption and some other guy adopted her, he could get 10 paid weeks. Or hmm. if the, we had used a surrogate, I could get 10 paid weeks. Or or listen to this. If, if I had a same-sex domestic partner and he adopted a baby, but I did not co-adopt the baby, so I was not legally the parent, but I was still going to care for that baby, I could get 10 paid weeks. Anybody could get 10 paid weeks except a man having a baby the old-fashioned way. And so I had gone to the company in advance, and I said, look, this must be an oversight. You can't possibly say that the only people who cannot get this caregiving leave are biological fathers like me. Um, but they would not give me an answer. And then months went by, still no answer. And then my daughter was born prematurely in an emergency. And they still wouldn't give me an answer. And then 11 days later, I was at home holding my, my four-pound preemie, uh, I don't know if all your listeners go by pounds, but that's small. <laughs> that's tiny. Yeah, Yeah. okay. And, um, and, and taking care of my sick wife and my two boys and, and telling the company, I need an answer, and then that's when they said no. That's when they said mm. I couldn't have it. So I spoke with my attorneys, and I took legal action against the policy.
1: Yes, and you won.
0: <laughs> well, so here's the thing. The, the biggest goal that we had was to change the policy and what happened was after i announced this legal action i was taking there was so much support that came in and it came in across the board from women's groups and men's groups and and dad blogs and mom blogs and and politically, from the left and the right, the support was from across the, the different spectrums. And um, the company clearly recognized that there was a loud rallying cry to change this policy. I mean, everyone was reporting how completely nonsensical it was. So with all that pressure on them, yes, they, they went and they, they revolutionized the policy and they made it much, much better
1: so many um questions i have already on just this uh, and i guess probably it's what we um experience at the work life hub is is that there's so much ingrained this um very rigid gender norms at the yes. workplace and the legal framework of the of the single male breadwinner uh, wife caregiver and caretaker model so that it doesn't even as you say that when you went to them and said this must be an oversight. You know, f- for them probably this was something that was totally the norm, and mm-hmm. that's what you're challenging. so you you in- interviewed uh, about 150 hours uh, yeah. worth of discussions. Yeah, you spoke to Sheryl Sandberg as well about their policies. Now, just to taking you back the title. All in. Yes. Is that a nod to lean in or? or what yes.
0: it is. It, in, is. it is. In fact, um, when when we first planned the book, my agent and my publishers at uh, at Harper One, which is part of HarperCollins, they said to me, they said, this is your lean in. They said, we want yeah. you to write us a polemic. Tell us the steps forward because, you know, now what it takes to make big change happen. Lay out for us. Be and As they said, use Lean In as, as, you know, as an inspiration, and, and Cheryl has been very supportive of, of that whole idea.
1: Now, the other thing I wanted to, to congratulate you on, I mean, we thoroughly enjoy, uh, we totally geek out when an author takes on the big picture. Because I think that's so important, not just looking at, you know, the five tips for work-life balance or (laughs) here's how you can hack your life. You know, they're all maybe from day to day, they could be some good advice. But but unless we tackle the policy framework and the culture and the mindset, no change is really going to happen for a majority of people. So really congratulate you on that. (laughs) Um, because you look at paid family leave you look at fel- flexible work but right. I have to say that you also look at um, you're, you're trying to break a number of taboos um, one is about fulfilling sex life I nah. was very surprised when I saw that chapter to be honest <laughs> and then also you have a kind of a checklist for men about really taking care of themselves and looking after their body and mind and, and I think that after men's role in caring men's mental health is another huge taboo where they would experience a lot of stigmatization at the workplace so another big congratulations for you to to do that
0: (laughs) well thank you and and let me just explain you know uh, so so the reason all this ties together into into one all in whole is that these structures that we have that are hurting us in the workplace we we have these fundamental structures that are are pushing us as you said into old gender norms they don't make any sense it is a a cultural problem that to this day men are being pushed to stay at work all the time and women are being pushed to stay home now those Structures have effects on us. So, for the book, I wanted to look into what is this doing to us? You know, how is it hurting us? And what I learned is that you know, men are suffering from work-life conflict at least as much as women, and according to one study, even more. And that affects our mental health. That affects our physical health. We don't take care of ourselves. This exhaustion, this this constant effort to make you know a, a nonsensical system work in our lives, is also affecting our sex lives. It's affecting everything. So. I'm hoping that people will see when you realize that you know this, these struggles are having serious effects on all aspects of your life. I, I'm hoping it'll inspire even more people to to join the fight and fix this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I find that you know working in this on this topic for now a number of years, this work life balance issue. Um, I guess when you start talking to people about yes I'm writing a book about work-life plans I'm working on work-life plans they say oh so that's people want to leave a bit earlier (laughs) no no no. it's it's a Pandora's box it's like everything and really at the end everything is tied to this from summer holidays and and you know the patchwork solutions of families trying to you know, what we say is, is there's always this chronic situation there, mm-hmm. but then you may have these peaks of crises. And, and for example, the birth of a premature baby, that can upset the whole system, the whole fragile childcare systems, and, and all the systems that, that were there. Now, maybe going back a little bit, because you, you look at um, paid family leave and yeah. you also look at flexible work in, in greater detail. and right. And of course, when we look from a global perspective, the U.S. not having this um, statutory paid leave is, is a very strange thing. And you really, really challenge that. Now, there's also a lot of buzz now around the 2016 elections. Yes. Um, where do you see this heading? Do you Are you hopeful? Do you think that there's really going to be a change for, for American families there?
0: So here's the thing. Based on everything I have seen, I believe that we will get some kind of paid family leave program established in this country But I cannot say that it'll be in less than 10 years and and that Mm -hmm. is pathetic I want it to happen right now. We are seeing momentum build Um, you know in this country we have two major political parties that pretty much run everything and um We are seeing among the Democrats, which is which is the the political left in this country, um growing support for paid family leave in fact the presidential candidates are are speaking about it however on the right um, among among the uh, the republican party there is very very little talk about it and none of the presidential candidates um, from the republican party are are calling for paid family leave and so i'm engaged in a uh... an effort that's really going to kick off uh, in earnest in a few weeks um, to make this a major issue in the presidential race
1: that's great, um, and and th- do you get inspiration from some other countries in the world, and or what is your right. your ideal of a a solid legislation for for leave?
0: So um, the problem with looking at other countries is that you know every country has its own tax structure, and yeah. uh, in the United States, uh, for various reasons, there's. Um, You know a lot of of uh, pushback against the idea of forcing businesses to do all sorts of things, Um, which I respect and understand. What we need in America is really our own thing, but I know what it is that we need. Here's the good news. All right, so in the U.S., we have 50 states. Three of those states right now have paid family leave programs. They created them at the state level, and they are proving that these things work. the way these work here in the, the these three states, California, New Jersey and Rhode Island, they operate as insurance programs. So people go to work and a little bit of their paycheck is taken out, a very small bit, and is put into this big fund statewide. And then when they need paid family leave, whether it's to take care of a new child or an elderly parent or a sick spouse or or to recover from illness themselves, they then have access to that money during paid family leave and their their company their business does not have to keep paying their salary during that time that is working out very very well businesses love it so what we need is we need to take that system and make that national
1: yeah that's that's more or less what um we have in europe is basically you pay your your contributions your the employer's contribution and employee contribution that that go into a fund Um, I, you also make a very strong business case, so you really try in your book to to, to convince businesses that that this is going to be good for everyone. Yes. Um, have you had some feedback from some businesses who said, "Okay, show us, Josh, how how to do it," or or what what has been the reaction? Because I I can imagine that the, you know I'm sure there's been an overwhelming support from moms and dads, and mm-hmm. but but I also am quite interested to know about whether professional organizations or businesses or trade unions have they reached out to you
0: right so here's the good news so um in the past there have been these two prominent groups very prominent lobbies pro-business lobbies in the united states that have been fighting against paid family leave one of them said they would launch a war against paid family leave Um, but now that the results from those states are in those mm-hmm. groups, those groups have gone silent. And no one realized that until I put out this book. Those groups, everyone assumes those groups are still fighting against it. Those groups aren't aren't even weighing in at all now. So I now have a petition with uh, Change.org, actually the, the staff of Change.org created it with me. Um, and for your listeners who don't know, that's uh, I think the world's leading website to create a petition. Um, so we have a petition calling on the, the major U.S. business group, which is called the Chamber of Commerce, to officially support uh, paid family leave. And I explained in that petition, it just it does not make any sense for them to oppose it now that we know it is good for businesses. Businesses have it, and they say this is working out great. So opposition is ridiculous. But unfortunately, there that opposition does still exist, and, and a lot of it is from people who don't know what they're talking about. You know, even one of the Republican presidential candidates, Carly Fiorina, just the other day, she's a former business leader, and, and she said she made public remarks saying that she opposes any kind of mandated family leave because businesses should not have to pay salaries during that time. And she didn't seem aware of how the policy would actually work here. So what we are up against, and those of us like me who are fighting this, um, is really an information war. We need to get the word out to everyone.
1: Yes, there needs to be a lot of the myths dispelled, I think, about, you know, that it's also such a short Term. I mean we're not talking about Sweden or Norway you know one year <laughs> or 52 weeks of leave right. um, but but really 10 to um, 17 weeks is is what I read in your book what what Facebook proposes for example and yeah. and they they are fully fully behind their policies um, now this is this is really fascinating stuff now maybe going back a little bit to the book and sorry to be jumping back no, and forth great. But for so so you had you talked to a lot of fathers. Do you have a favorite story? Do you have a favorite meeting when you were really, really inspired or stuck by something or, or that really created some additional, because I, I'm sure that must've been really feeding also your energies and, and your quest for for bringing this all out
0: sure you mean uh meeting do you mean like a favorite interview or a story that someone yeah, told me. yeah sure so i'll tell you what sure so you know we're talking about policies here but even bigger than the policies are the stigmas so yes. even when there are policies saying you are allowed to take time off the stigmas, which is rare in this country, very rare, to have any paid leave for family for, for family reasons at all. Um, but even when it is on the books, there is all this pressure against using it. So I have some powerful stories like that, and I guess one that really stands out to me is a man who – um, His baby was born in an emergency the placenta stopped mm-hmm. working the, the baby was not moving his wife called So he he left the office and all he did was miss the rest of that work week So it was just a couple of days and he came back to work yeah. on Monday But when he got back to work his boss called him in and rebuked him for having taken mm-hmm. off so much time um, And that boss is a pregnant woman And, 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 you know, that that surprises many people in this country when they hear the story and around the world. But it does not surprise a lot of the people who know these issues very well, because unfortunately, the the gender police, the people pushing us into these these old norms are men and women who just believe, well, you're a man. You're supposed to be at work all the time. So that is just one really powerful example and, you know, a, a good summary of what is wrong with the current system.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's been um, a very high-ranking public uh, official here in 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 Brussels at at one of the European institutions, and and she, she was very very tough with her colleagues um, about you know having any time off or, or wanting to have reasonable work hours. And she had six kids herself, and somehow there was this mentality: well, if I could do it, so can you. And oh, wow. and you you're so right because it's. Maybe we often think that it's a who would be more um, be stricter to, to their female colleagues. I think there's this general perception, yeah. whereas it, it can be in any kind of permutation between genders and. And um, I just read actually in, in Australia, they had introduced the right to request flexible work. Mm-hmm. But the uptake is catastrophic. Yeah. even if the right is there, not many people know about their right and then very very little people very very little amount of people take it i mean there's so much pressure still of 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 this
0: yeah the stigmas are huge like i i report in this book on men who did take time off for caregiving and when they came back they were demoted or fired and yeah. it's uh, you know it's it's incredible what is happening and with women you know all of the i explain in the book these These steps are are not about prejudice against men. They are prejudice against men and women. You know, when you are pushing everyone into gender norms and and women are getting it both ways. Women are facing pressure from bosses to not take time off and to to be at work all the time, but also – Many women face the opposite pressure from bosses who think, oh, well, you're a woman. You're supposed to be home with your children. What are you doing here at work? You go home. Yeah. Let the men stick around and do their jobs. And then the woman, the woman loses opportunities that way. And, you know, what we really need is to change the culture. And, and the problem is a vicious cycle. Most people, and I, I, I prove this in the book, most people by far, uh, um, let me do this again, most people by far country uh, who have children are very committed to our families and do prioritize our families and that's men and women unfortunately the little sliver of of people who think it's okay to stay at work all the time all the time um, they have the power in, in the businesses and in the big corporations and then they spot people who are like them and they raise them up the ranks and then those people maintain the culture and the policies so even if they have no ill intent they don't know what most families are like because they are the exception and yeah. you know what we need to do is is help them understand that it will increase your bottom line to change your policies and when they start to experiment they will see that and then people who really understand work life integration, work life balance, will have the opportunity to become leaders more often.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there are a couple of trends that are really also supporting this movement. and um, one of one of our podcast guests he he said, and I, I really liked it. He said, uh, the rising tide lifts all boats. And I think that we have a number of currents now. one, one is the millennials, and you also talk about the arrival of, of this younger generation yeah. and younger fathers and mothers. Who want more flexibility? Who appreciate a better work-life fit more than they appreciate a higher salary or all the other perks and benefits? Yep. And also the, the the rising number of contingent workforce of of people wanting to have really control over their lives. So so I think that this is a, a, a great time for for all of these currents to be converging and coming together and 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 making making a change.
0: Yeah. Now, yeah, no, I agree, and I, I also, you know, it's interesting because a lot of, I think part of what had came out of my case, and I only know this because people keep telling me this, uh, mm. is that people saw that you actually can challenge a corporation and live to tell the tale. You know, yeah. so many people <laughs> sa- said to me when I first said that, this was, you know, this happened in late 2013, and I'm still employed, so, yeah. so you know, they they thought that you didn't have the right to challenge a policy or that if you did, you'd be fired or punished. And I, I learned my legal rights and I exercised my legal rights. And and I have been told that since then, uh, more people are, are getting empowered about speaking out. And so that's very exciting too.
1: That's great. We, we also say that if you want to craft the career and the life you want you need to be prepared for a lot of awkward conversations (laughs) because it's not easy to sit down and and explain uh, how how can you explain well I'm super motivated I love my job but I'm just gonna work a little bit less (laughs) and and be more (laughs) be more effective and be more productive but I you know that that's really not the conversation we were educated or brought up Uh, To be doing
0: because you're not really working less what you're doing is you're working different hours and you're working more productive hours, right? So yeah, there's the hours stigma that's been proven in which men especially are you know raised up the ranks just for sitting at their desks more often And that gets back to what I was saying about bosses who look for men who will sit there Um, but when you start to judge your employees based on how much they get done based on their results rather than your general impression of how often they want to sit at their desks, suddenly you find out that parents who are committed parents are fantastic employees. We know how to multitask. We know how to get everything done. We are we are committed and loyal individuals. So, uh, you know, it, it's about cracking open that mindset.
1: Now, can I just ask you another thing that just came to my mind before we move on to, to our last question? Um, I also, uh, you know, seeing all of this democratization of the workplace and awakening at the same time, I mean, though, we also see this very, very strong, almost hipster uh, startup culture, you know, the whole Silicon Valley culture yes. where where you're, you're really, you know your whole life is then integrated at the workplace. They offer you the laundry, the massage, the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and the pool table, and the whatnots. (laughs) Um, That that is a bit our our pet peeve, no? I mean, we also need to fight against that kind of norms, where, where some industries are really drawing even more and more their employees into unsociable hours.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say you know it's important to um, have competition that leads to great <laughs> offerings. You know, and it would be great to go to. I, I don't have one right now, but it would be great to go to a job every day that does my dry cleaning. Um, <laughs> but you know what? What you find the the good news there is that the companies that are. Embracing real amounts of leave, you know, like Facebook offering yeah. seventeen paid weeks, uh, they will explain, and Cheryl explains it in the book that that helps draw men and women, you know, and so technology mm-hmm. companies are are learning that women savvy women savvy savvy young women are looking for places that offer paternity leave because a place that offers paternity leave is a place that wants to give men the chance to stay home which means giving women the chance to to advance their careers as well so you know mm-hmm. that's more what what I look for but yes I do think that we have to be you know wary of any structures that say spend your entire life 24/7 at work mm.
1: now before we move to our last question, would you please remind our listeners uh, about the website and sure. the book and your Twitter and where they can reach out to you?
0: Sure, absolutely. So uh, the book is called All In, How Our Work First Culture Fails Dads, Families, and Businesses and How We Can Fix It Together. Uh, when you Google it, you, all you need is All In by Josh Leves. I'm Josh Leves. The website is Joshlevs.com. That's J-O-S-H-L-E-V-S.com. Um, and my Twitter handle is uh, at Josh Leves.
1: And are you still keen for for uh, fathers and mothers and men and women to, to get in touch with you and... And, and continue to grow your, your the anecdotal evidence?
0: Absolutely. I love it. I love hearing from people. I love it when people contact me to tell me their stories and to, to express their thoughts on these issues and their experiences. And, and also, I've found myself in the situation of, of um, getting people uh, uh, to the right attorneys in some cases so that they can oh, take the right action. So, yes, I love to hear from people. And at the website, it shows you how to, uh, how to contact me.
1: Great. Now, Josh, um, we always ask the same last question to our podcast guests here on the Work Life Up podcast. Now, if you could give um, just one advice to a CEO mm-hmm. to make a change in the well-being, in the work-life fit of his or her employees, what could they do? What would be the first step, the one advice that you would give? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so it boils down to this. Support your employees, male and female, As workers and as the people that they are in their families. Support your employees as workers and as parents and you will see your business thrive and your bottom line go up. That's what it ultimately boils down to. You know it's about embracing the whole people who work for you. Not just seeing them as worker bees but seeing them as entire people and when you do that there are so many ways in which your business thrives.
1: Excellent. Awesome. Thank you so much, Josh. I really appreciate that you took the time from your busy schedule and, and come and talk to us on the Work Life Up podcast about your book. And I encourage everybody to to buy your book and read it because it's really a wealth of information and you're making a very, very strong case.
0: Well, thank you. It's, it's an honor and I, I appreciate all you do.
1: Thank you.